Okay, so I'll clap again. All right, and then I'm going to clap. Perfect. Uh, you're recording on your camera too, right? I am recording on my camera. I'm recording on my computer, like, as a wave file. And then Zoom is also recording. I'll edit this out. So Oscar Alva is um, the shooter, editor, producer for Jeff's Barbershop, as well as Jeff FM. You're also essentially a streamy winner. The documentary series that you made with Jeff Wittick won a streamy for 2021. It's like a six-part docu-miniseries, essentially. I heard about you on the Colin and Samir podcast when Jeff was on their show and he kept talking about Oscar, 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 Oscar's dad. And I was like, who's this Oscar guy? And I looked you up on Instagram, sent you an email and was like, hey dude, would you be down to be on the show? Cause I have a lot to talk about. I'm a huge fan of Jeff um, and I'm a huge fan of your work and especially your your comedy style and editing. So yeah, that's kind of your, your setup there. Was that good, Oscar? Did you like that? <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I do all of uh, Jeff's stuff, pretty much. Let's just start with really where you began as a filmmaker and editor. Uh, how did you get started in the video making game and how did you come to meet Jeff? So I actually started taking pictures like back when Instagram first started. Like I got into photography and then I met a Viner and he was making videos and I pretty much started helping him make videos. His name's Jojo. We were just shooting on iPhone before. And when Vine died, everybody jumped onto like Facebook and Instagram and started shooting with like better cameras. And since I had my DSLR, like it already shot video. So I started shooting with that. Yeah, and you met Jeff through kind of the Vine world, right? The the apartment. Yeah, yeah, the apartment building that all the Viners lived at. That's where me and Jeff met and we like hit it off from the start and like we both kind of grew to understand each other's like comedy. I think we've become a good team. It's kind of an infamous apartment. Some of the biggest YouTubers in the world used to be Viners. When Vine shut down, it was a really sad day, by the way. I loved Vine. It was a great app. But when Vine shut down, everybody who was making a full-time living off of the app had to figure out where to go next. And the obvious solution was uh, YouTube. That's how we got Logan Paul, Jake Paul, David Dobrik, Liza Koshy, Jeff. Uh, and several others. Yeah, this was like a new wave of people that were coming over from somewhere where they were just shooting on their phone to where like, you have people like Casey Neistat that are making pretty much like a documentary every day, you know? The thing that is so interesting to me is how almost intentionally kind of handheld and crappy things are shot uh, on the high end of like pop culture, YouTube, and obviously Vine, TikTok, and all that. What are your thoughts on that kind of genre of storytelling that seems to almost be intentionally crappy? I think anybody could kind of pick up a camera and shoot like that. And it's not complicated. And it just makes it easy to hit record and like record the action rather than you have like an Alexa and you need like a crew to like set that up. Am I overthinking it as like a, you know, traditional filmmaker background? Like I'm, over, I'm overthinking the gear. Like a lot of these people don't really even think about the gear really, right? They just kind of pick up the camera and just go perform. Or is there yeah. some intentionality behind like, I'm going to shoot it crappy on purpose. It just makes it feel like a little more authentic mm -hmm. rather than, than like you're setting up like a whole like shoot and you got to get the shot perfect and you got to get the lighting perfect and everything perfect. And then it's a little like too produced and yeah, I feel like it doesn't feel like as authentic. Like I feel like you guys are pushing the limits of that where the quality is like right up there to TV film, but then the editing style and the kind of rawness of it still has that 
kind of authentic YouTube vibe to it. So like, how did you guys craft that kind of tone, if you will, with Jeff's content and was it completely intentional or was it just a combination of trial and error and Jeff kind of just being himself like, and then you trying to push the limits of cinematography? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely like a little push and pull from both of us because he wants the videos to look crappy. Like he wants the videos to look like a little shitty. And for me, it's like I want them to like sound good and be like really like watchable. So we kind of just like meet in the middle and sometimes like we'll make mistakes on purpose to kind of like meet in the middle like that. And um, like he gets what what he wants and then I kind of get like, oh, like I get to shoot with like these nice cameras and they just make my life easier. But we were shooting with ADDs before too. And the only issue that we had with those was that it was at, at the time it was only me that was recording and we recorded on like six, seven cameras and they all have a time limit. So every 30 minutes, I like I had to like stop like focusing on what I was filming and go and reset all the cameras that were on tripods with like the black magics. Like now we could pretty much just leave them rolling. They'll roll for like two, three hours and I don't have to worry about like resetting them and getting the shot or like messing like the bit or anything like that like i don't have to worry about any of that i mean obviously with those cameras they don't have good autofocus so you kind of have to make sure that that's locked down but you have shooters and stuff now right so yeah i have a cow that helps me yeah yeah we have we hired a cow he pretty much is in he's the one filming now and i'm kind of more outside producing and orchestrating like the bits that are going to happen. That's great. You have one extra guy, but still like if you're comparing this to like traditional television uh, and the, the numbers that Jeff is pulling on these videos, I mean, we're talking, you know, in the millions, two, three million views often. Um, got a little drag race going on over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just Jeff going down the street, right? Yeah. Um, like that's TV show level viewership uh with like two guys you know it's nuts it's crazy that you're able to pull it off with so few um people you know yeah the the gear definitely helps now because it it just makes the workflow a lot easier and it makes me like the gear that i've been able to pick out has helped me like not need more help than what i already have so i was already used to uh, filming everything by myself so now that i have like an extra hand it just like makes it a little bit easier. So like he could go in and set up the cameras and I'll like focus on setting up the audio for everybody. But um, yeah, like microphones now, like they, they could record onto themselves. So I don't have to like worry about like signal drops or anything like that. That's great. What what microphones are you using uh, to record all that? Um, Deity just dropped um, some microphones that they transmit and they record into themselves. Like they're uh, yeah. the Deity Connect, I think. BPTRX, uh, so I'm using those. Let's let's rewind a little bit to the beginning of the barbershop show in particular. Um, again, if, if there's anybody listening right now who hasn't seen Oscar's work with Jeff, please go to Jeff's channel, just Jeff Wittick. You could search him or Jeff's barbershop. Um, that's the name of the show, but his channel is just his name, Jeff Wittick. Um, some of those early episodes uh, really stood out to me. Uh, as just amazing new fresh content. We're going back what, like three years now? Was that three years ago when you started the barbershop yeah, show? Uh, 
Yeah, I think 2018. It was super fresh and and new at the time, and it still is. Like I I still think it is, and it you guys have continued to um, like update yourselves, and now you're basically into a whole new season with a mobile uh, barbershop set. But tell me about that first, you know, season of barbershop and what you learned. I mean, your dad was involved as well. Your dad like literally built the set. Um, just walk me through like where was it located. How how did it kind of come to be, and what were some of your favorite experiences from that time of that first those first couple episodes? Well, the first like season of it was we were doing vlogs, and we were trying to come up kind of like a of an original thing that like nobody had done, and like we were watching like hot ones, we were watching like we watched a lot of Adult Swim, and um, from watching hot ones, like we we thought like oh wouldn't it be cool to kind of do something similar to this like uh complex does complex does a lot of like stuff like that like uh even like when like that shoe show where they go and like buy shoes that show's awesome i watch that all the time yeah and you're you're right like hot ones created a whole new format of interviewing while eating hot wings like that's hilarious yeah so 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 we we kind of like that um that uh, you're able to interview somebody, but it's not like a sit-down interview. Like you go on Jimmy Kimmel, or like Jimmy Fallon, and you're sitting on the couch, and then he's sitting behind the desk. Yeah. So I think it add it added like a a new element that not a lot of people had like done yet. So um, that's kind of how like the show got started, and then as it went down the line, we started getting like sponsorships and like money actually started coming in. So that's when we were buying more cameras and more gear. And uh, we built a set in his uh, living room. <laughs> so my dad crazy came that, and put. I can't believe that's his actual living room. It, it's so funny that that's what you guys did. Yeah. So, so it, it it was in an apartment building, so we couldn't like do much to it because his security his security deposits on the line. So we found like these uh these uh fake bricks that were kind of like like uh thin like veneers. So it's not like the the fake bricks that you get like at Home Depot. Like they were like actual like bricks, but they're just like super thin. So we stuck those on the wall and like made it look like an old school New York barbershop. So it had like more of like that like a uh, barbershop vibe. And um, yeah, that's kind of how it it got started. I'm briefly interrupting this podcast to tell you about Polar Pro, the producers of this podcast. Polar Pro makes filters and all sorts of accessories for all your cameras, drones, and action cameras. Our newest product is for the DJI Mavic 3, and it's our amazing filter set. With over 10 years of experience in the industry, it's all led to this. These filters are for the Mavic 3 and the Mavic 3 Cine, featuring never-before-seen offerings in the aerial space. Blue slash gold morphic filters, which gives you that amazing anamorphic look. Mist diffusion filters, which softens the image in a very cinematic and film-like way, and creative combos such as the Mist VND and Morphic VNDs, which are variable neutral density filters that give you proper exposure while also including the anamorphic look and that really beautiful film-like diffused look. Head over to PolarProFilters.com to learn more. This show is all about learning the behind the scenes of the greatest creators on the internet. We post every single week. I'm Dave Mays, and I'm super happy to have you here. Now let's get back to my conversation. I did the same thing, like I converted a living room into a set because that was way more cost efficient than renting out an office space but yeah also also it was in the the apartment was in the heart of hollywood so it was kind of like in the 
middle of everything where it was convenient for any guests to come by because it was like it was like a like a 15 minute drive from everyone it kind of got on my radar i'm a huge casey neistat fan as most filmmaker youtubers are and he was on the show and like obviously a lot of big viners were on and stuff but when casey was on like i totally loved that episode and watched it and Casey talked about it on the impulsive Logan Paul podcast and basically said, like, this is the best new thing on YouTube right now is what Jeff's doing. Uh, he should have said what Jeff and Oscar are doing, but he said Jeff. But um, <laughs> but it's true. Well, like, he, he, me, me and Casey didn't know each other then, so now he gives <laughs> me credit. Whenever, I, whenever he sees it, we post anything, he texts me, like, oh, good job. Dude, that's awesome. That, so. The thing that really stood out to me and that I loved so much about the early episodes and honestly all all of your work is how freaking funny they are and how uh like i don't know if dark humor is the right word but it is like strangely eerie in some parts where he's coming out with a chainsaw or like you know a razor blade and he's acting like he's gonna cut their throat or whatever but obviously it's a joke and then you know you have jonah involved as well and there sometimes there's props and costumes and actors that come in and do all sorts of things people get killed in a fake way you know and then they come back to life like it's so absurd the humor and it's unbelievably entertaining yeah so the the haircut's kind of like the thing that keeps people watching till the end because they want to see like kind of how it ends like how how the haircut turns out was that intentional or was that kind of a happy accident because like that could be a total genius move on on your part to like think of that like this is what's going to hold people's retention to the end of the video yeah that that was kind of um something that we thought of like early on um that's why we started doing kind of like a montage at the end of like just like the haircut so you could see kind of like the the progress because we cut through through like two hours of footage and cram it down into like the best like 10 minutes so you kind of don't actually really see much of the haircut like happen so um the end is kind of just like oh like that that's what it ended up looking like but <laughs> but yeah we just like film a lot and um we just like make it work and edit sometimes bits don't work or like we don't get reactions that we want and uh we have to like scrap them mm-hmm. and um yeah like we just we just spend days editing like each video like that's what we spent we spend maybe like 40 60 hours like editing just like one wow. episode wow so that's like more than a work week on one video roughly yeah and like we'll we'll pass pass it on back and forth between us two um like now we have kyle that helps kind of cut down like the fat like the stuff that like we're mm-hmm. not going to use but uh for the most part uh being there and filming it definitely helps remember uh helps me remember like oh like we said this thing over here and then i'm able to like look it up after if uh it gets cut out like i could always like bring stuff back in because um like i use this program called descript to kind of like scans like the audio files and uh it gives you like a time code of um where something was said because you could search it up by typing you don't use it anymore right because premiere has it built in. yeah premiere has it built in now but uh, Premiere has something similar built in and it just makes it more convenient that I don't have to leave the app. But, yeah. um, but you're basically searching yeah. the transcript of all the words that are said. So, and since you were there and you actually shot it, 
you kind of can remember what you shot. That means you're, are you essentially editing live? So you shoot, say on a, what, on a Friday or whatever. And then like, you just work on that one video all week and then you upload. And then once that's uploaded, you go to the next one or do you bank them? Uh, no, yeah, we, we shoot, um, like as soon as we shoot, we start editing and post it, but now we shoot, uh, that, and then we have a podcast too. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. again, last time when we talked, I was like, so you do like what, like two podcasts, like you've got a Patreon as well that we can talk about Jeff edits as well, which I think is fascinating that he actually still is kind of in the, in the edit. Um, you don't, you know, you don't really hear that often that the, the creator, especially at his level is still like involved in the editing process uh for a barbershop we'll cut it down to maybe like 15 minutes just because he doesn't feel happy or content with it if he didn't like put like his like uh leg of the work into it yeah so we just cut it down to around then and then that's when we pass it back and forth and then we'll cut out like little slivers of things just to like make it like faster and um yeah just like keep the pace of it like high do you ever get um I'm speaking as myself, like sometimes I can take things a little personal, like say you spend a lot of time on a joke and then Jeff cuts it out. Like, does it hurt when he does that? Or do you just see it as like a job and you don't, you just remove that pain? Yeah, no, no, not anymore. Like, uh, I used to before, <laughs> like, uh, so, so before I would, I would add more like after effects stuff and like do like more jokes, like in after effects, but they're kind of like not his style of jokes. So like uh would we'd end up scrapping them so now i kind of um like time manage better so like if i have time to do like those extra bits like i do or like like um i'll just add stuff like i'll just go into after effects and add stuff if it like truly just adds to like what he's saying or like a joke that he's going to keep on. What are some examples of after effects jokes cuz i'm trying to imagine like what do you mean by that like are you doing crazy like transitions are you adding 3d objects like what are some of the common after effects gags that you're doing it's more like uh more like masking or like green screening stuff like uh yeah we we have we painted like the door on the original side green so that we could like (laughs) green screen (laughs) green screen like videos and pictures onto it without having to cut away but um there's also like a lot of masking and a lot of like um like um just tracking stuff like being able to track stuff uh in after effects and then adding like objects into it um i think that on the francis and ganu episode we we turned them green or or like put like a green filter when we were comparing him to like the hulk or something <laughs> like that because uh-huh. yeah. uh he he's like the heavyweight champion of the world and he's like a really big dude yes um he's like scary so uh <laughs> yeah like so, something like that like like uh i'm only adi- adding things that like amplify the video now rather than going into like whole little bits that i make that don't make sense with the rest of it the first season happens uh we're talking you know that's about a full year maybe two years of stuff um some of my favorite episodes that stand out of course you know the casey neistat episode um the uh homeless man episodes i think you did two or three of those that video actually got a ton of views um and was yeah really that that like, video is kind powerful. of like what what like made our channel take off like we we didn't expect anything like that like we were kind of just um making well we we would make videos like in our at in the back alley of like jeff's apartment 
uh-huh. and this homeless guy would always like hang out there and every time every time that we were filming he would always come up and kind of like want to be in the videos or like he was like funny he would make jokes <laughs> or like he would come he would come up and like want to help us direct and it was like really funny to us so it was a uh, it was around the holidays i think it was around like thanksgiving yep. and yeah. uh i remember seeing it around christmas time when i saw it it was just perfect timing yeah so like we we wanted to do something nice for him and like give him give him like a a haircut and like clean him up and um like kind of just like treat him like a friend because he was like he was always like around and like we always talked with him so it wasn't it wasn't like a random guy that was just like on the street that we would like go up and film and um yeah we we cleaned him up we shot a video with him we gave him some money and then um yeah we posted that video and and that video blew up and that's kind of what like jump started the channel and mm-hmm. then right after that we met david and jeff mm-hmm. started being in david's videos and then that's when like the channel really took off one thing that really stands out to me from a production standpoint is how many freaking cameras you have on the show how many cameras are you running uh on your kind of normal uh barbershop show um around seven or eight and we're talking about two hours of footage with eight cameras that's got to be a freaking dog to edit yeah each video is a a little bit over a terabyte (laughs) well before we were filming in 4k and uh we realized that that just like eats up like stored so we we brought it down to like 1080 but uh it started with multiple cameras because uh, it was just me filming Mm -hmm. so i didn't want to miss the shot and uh, since it was just me, like I- I'm able to pan around and kind of follow the action, like in the office, like like they're like all handheld, and like mm-hmm. if somebody says something over here, like they pan the camera. So I'm still able to do that, but if something happens where, like I don't know where it's like gonna exactly like come from, like if we're doing a bit and I don't know exactly like like where something's gonna land or or something like that, like I still wanted to have coverage, and um, yeah, so we pretty much put a camera in every single angle. Uh, that way we're able to like get like the person's reaction if like somebody's like blocking a camera we have a different camera to like cut to and um yeah that's that's how it how we got there and now we we just got used to it so uh and now that we're in a smaller in the smaller space yeah um like the cameras get blocked like all the time so now we have just the coverage to make sure that we get like what's going on so yeah let's go ahead and skip forward to now um you know the first season was in the apartment um obviously there there's something that we're skipping over that i i will get back to obviously the docuseries and the injury and all that but right now while we're on the topic of cameras you're in a an, an airstream and you've completely rigged it out your dad again built the set you've done how many episodes now like four or five episodes in in the new set no, i think we're maybe like eight okay around eight awesome yeah but um the the new set was uh we bought this this airstream and uh we gutted it like we took all the stuff that makes it like livable out so there was like a bathroom and like everything in there before and like a shower so we took all that out and my dad pretty much like built like the cabinets like custom to like fit um to fit like all the gear that we need to take and also like uh little gags and gadgets that um (laughs) there's there's like an air pressure thing where jeff pushes a button and the guest gets blasted with like 
just intense air. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's like we could we could turn it into a cryo chamber. Like, um, <laughs> it, it's uh, that air cannon is like what they use at nightclubs. Okay. To, yeah. It's the same thing to blast like the the nitrogen that cools the room out, like the smoke, basically. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So so we wanted that in there, and then. Like pretty much, we could turn the inside of the airstream into a nightclub at like any moment. Like we have like late <laughs> lasers and like um, like fog machines and all that stuff. Like the gas, like that air cannon. Like whether you know it's there or not, you don't know when it's gonna be pushed and it's like really loud. <laughs> yeah. So like you're gonna you're gonna jump like when it when when it's on. And, he, and we're able to also like stuff it with like confetti or like anything in there too. <laughs> so the whole like uh, roof is a giant um, skylight now. So we get like nice soft natural light but we also have like lights built into it for when we shoot at night and um uh the walls have uh power outlets like straight for the camera like 12 volt like little little outlets so like all the cameras are mounted onto the walls and like uh, they stay powered yeah yeah a little black magic 12 volt right in there are you shooting on the 6k or the 4k uh black magics uh the 4k what lenses are you just using native micro four thirds lenses on it uh yeah we're using um uh panasonic 12 to 60 or something like that 12 to 60 I think. oh okay yeah the 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 one that the leica one that's like a 2 8 to yeah, 4 yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah it's, it, they're pretty wide so they kind of like make the trailer look a little bigger than what it actually feels like being in there which also adds to like the discomfort of like making the guests like feel uncomfortable. So, um, and, and again, you got them all synced up with time code with those audio recorders, which is perfect. So you don't have to worry about like all the syncing. And then your other, you are using a C200 as well, right? As your main like shoulder cam. Yeah. So you, on that one, I have a tentacle sync cause it doesn't have the, uh-huh. the time code built into it. Uh, but... Yeah. That stupid C200 doesn't have time code. Oh my gosh. You're right. Basically what you guys have done is what, is the most ideal thing for any YouTuber. And that is to essentially walk into your set, turn on the light and just go. The last thing you want to do is like set up a light stand, make sure your tripods are all lined up in the right angle, make sure your batteries are charged. Like you're literally plugging in the camera. So you never have to even think about batteries. Um, yeah. All these things, is this just through doing hundreds of videos now and just, realizing that you need to basically optimize everything to a T or is this part of your personality? Is that a Jeff thing? Yeah, I think that's kind of uh, like my department. Like Jeff doesn't care if we film like on a potato, like I said, like, uh, <laughs> for him, he just, he just wants like the videos done. Yeah. But for me, uh, I try to figure out like what's like the fastest and like best way that I could do this. And um, yeah, like I pretty much just like look at gear, like, anything new that comes out like i see like what like if something's like beneficial for me to like have like i'm gonna get it like whether it's like the microphones that are recording into themselves or like whether it's sd cards that are like really fast or card readers that are really fast um yeah like it down to that like it, it's it's all about like how fast i could get like all the footage into the computer and get yeah. working on it this whole uh topic of the Airstream is just one production set. You have a whole nother set, which is the Jeff FM set, which is the podcast. Is that a completely separate, 
like you have other you have completely other cameras for that or do you just pop some of the cameras off of the trailer and just and bring them in but you're still using the black magics and stuff for that as well yeah so i still have to well i bring the cameras in because anybody could break the back window yeah, of the trailer that's and true. take the cameras i guess you can't so i guess you don't want to leave them in, yeah. the, in the actual trailer yeah so uh so yeah we bring them upstairs and then uh we just like pop them in so we have them labeled and um the black magics they they could say presets so since the podcast is always going to look the same it's like a controlled environment we have like presets for like the settings of each camera and each one's labeled to know like where where it goes and um yeah they all and you're using the atem uh mini pro or whatever extreme for the yeah extreme pro for the control of that right how have you liked that setup uh it's cool like I, i think that like, it's definitely making it faster for me to um, start working on the podcast because I don't have to, like, import anything. It's already, like, on a SSD. But there's, like, some things that they could fix. But I know. for the most Tell part, it makes it... <laughs> I use the same yeah. thing. We talked about this again on the previous one that you're not going to hear, but I use it as well for my job. And I kind of bang my head against the wall sometimes with that thing because the quality is not perfect. Like, it isn't the cleanest-looking 1080 in the world. And then some of the like presets, I get like buggy things. I'm not a resolve editor either. And basically what's cool about the ISO version is you can bring in eight cameras up to eight cameras. The, the extreme. Yeah. The extreme. The extreme. Yeah. Um, and the ISO is the one that records to an SSD, but yeah. then you can basically all of your cuts are like they have saved. too many versions. They have too many versions. Of I know. It. It's but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, uh, uh, you could you could like live at it and uh it'll save all the cuts that you did while you were uh recording live and then you could pop them into davinci and then switch camera angles if you need to but i always export a timeline from davinci into premiere and then i have to like multi-cam it there and it's kind of like a process and that's what i wish that resolve would fix so you and actually you convert that one so yeah the problem is Resolve gives you just one timeline and it's as if you were to just like take a clip, pull it down, take another clip, pull it down. Like it is all, yeah. the, they are all there and you can use the slip tool and stuff and it, it works. But yeah, I'm but assu- it doesn't give you like, it doesn't give you like true, it doesn't give you true multicam. So yeah. what I have to do is I have to take the, I have to take like that layer of like the cut files and then I pretty much like, like uh we film with uh with our computer like it counts as a a camera as a camera because it's connected through the hdmi port but we film with like five cameras on the podcast so i make seven layers of um uh, seven tracks of video tracks and then i duplicate the first video track twice and put it as a sixth and seventh layer and then i'm able to bring in the the raw uh, camera one, camera two, camera three, camera four into like the first like five layers, and then I multicam the first six layers, and then I just do all the cuts on uh on like that multicam clip. So I just, you like, recut go it? And, like, I, I just like um yeah, essentially I recut it, but since uh since I I put that that already pre-cut um layer into the multicam. That's like my camera six now. So camera six has like all the cuts already. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys put so much work into your edits and we really 
I say we collectively as the viewers, like we, we can feel it and see it in the content. Um, I mean, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on podcast editing? Cause like, aren't podcasts supposed to be like unedited in air quotes? Like why do you guys continue to put so much effort in the editing even for a podcast? Um, I don't know. I think we just want to have a podcast. that's a little different from everybody else's. <laughs> yeah. So like we, we try to make the podcast kind of be more of like a show mm-hmm. rather than just like a, like a conversation. Do you get sometimes, do you get burned out uh, doing the, those? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. It depends. Sometimes we have like good guests that, uh, like it's entertaining to rewatch. Yeah. But yeah. After, after a while it's, it's, uh, like if we have a boring guest, it's kind of like tedious, but for the most part, it's kind of just cutting things out and, uh, piecing it together to where, what somebody's trying to say still makes sense. And it's kind of just getting to the point faster. So we just take out all like the filler of, uh, the conversation and just try to make like the, the podcast be like, okay, so this is like what it is rather than talking over and over about like things that are repeating yourself over and over uh and and um not getting to the point fast enough have you guys noticed like because of those things you're getting good retention on a podcast and because you're getting good retention like obviously somebody watching a video for 20 or 30 minutes is way better than them watching it for 10 minutes from youtube's perspective so like from a monetary standpoint and from like a viewership standpoint, do you guys see good numbers on the podcast? You know, even if the views aren't as high as a barbershop show, I would imagine the retention is much longer than a barbershop show. Yeah. Like we, we keep people around for like around 75% of the video and towards the end is kind of like where they fall off. But I feel like that's with like most podcasts. Sure. I feel like it's like the first, the first like five ten minutes of like the video that is where they're either gonna keep watching it or they're gonna like shut it off, you know. So that's why the barbershop is like the length that it is because yeah. that's like the sweet spot of like uh of like the time that you have people around for before they click something else or before like I feel like a lot of people watch like videos during their commutes mm-hmm. and a lot of the times it's like a ten fifteen minute like drive somewhere, you know. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong. I <laughs> unfortunately and dangerously do that as well. Um, <laughs> but I have YouTube Premium, so often I will listen to a video, like for Jeff's podcast, for um, Chris D'Elia's podcast, for like. Well, I mean, even even like kids going to school, like to take the school bus. Like oh, that's a good point. They, I feel like that they. they I feel like that's the majority of like the people that watch YouTube. So I feel like they either watch it like on their way to like school or on their way to like home. Yeah. Mom's driving the car. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's a, it's a passive, like you can turn it on if, especially if you have background play on YouTube premium, you could turn it on and like listen to it while you play a game or whatever too. Like, well, I think when it comes to like brands, I think they prefer having the audio listeners but for yeah for i think the audio listeners like valued way more than uh like a youtube like view but um yeah for us like we i feel like the show's more like a visual show anyway so it's hard to not uh, watch cause, it because you're missing yeah because so like 
yeah, like we'll play videos or like there's like visual gags that happen. So uh, it's it's kind of like hard to not watch it. But I guess it's good because when people are listening to it, then they go and watch the video to see like what's going on too. So counts as yeah. two views. A little bit of both. By the way, do you look at the analytics? Are you involved in like the YouTube studio side of things for the channel? Yeah. So you, do you yeah. do the thumbnails, playlists, description, all that stuff? Yeah, the playlists are automated, uh, at least for the barbershop and like the weight loss series that we did. So pretty much like if we put beefy boys for like the weight loss series on the title, like it'll automatically put it in the in like the beefy boy um, weight loss like like playlist. But yeah, I make the thumbnails and I make um, yeah I like run the back end. And there's there's definitely a consistent theme with the barbershop show. Um, I think it's funny how like you guys are in the new set, but you're still using the brick with the like the standard barbershop, you know, little twisty thing. What is that called? A barber pole. A barber pole. A barber pole. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what have you learned as a thumbnail designer over the years, like coming up with thumbnails that work and have you guys tested other things, other types of styles? What are the things that you found making thumbnails that work for Jeff? Yeah. So so we definitely do like uh, A-B testing, um, which is kind of like what Netflix does where they have like different thumbnails for, like they try out different thumbnails for a video. So we'll make multiple thumbnails and sometimes we'll change it. Sometimes we'll change the titles uh, if the video is like not like doing as good as like we wanted in the beginning. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like we just put people's faces like right, right up. And uh, that way, like when you're selecting, like, you know, kind of like what you're getting, who you're getting. We tried, um, we tried uh, setting up like the thumbnails in the new barbershop, but since it was like brand new, like people didn't know that it was it was the same show. Sure. So um, we just like went with using like the same, yeah, um, thumbnail that we always use, so that it's consistent and people know that oh, it's a barbershop show again. So I mean, like, look at Philip DeFranco. He's like one of the most old school YouTubers out there, and his thumbnail design hasn't changed in like ten years. If it if it works, it works. Like people know exactly when they see a Philip DeFranco thumbnail. Like, up oh, there's there's DeFranco. Yeah, I, th- I think I think Logan Logan does the same thing too on Impulsive. I feel like I feel like regardless, like like anybody that does YouTube, I feel like they should put their face on the thumbnail. Uh, whether it's like gear review or like any any type of like video, because uh, you're building a connection with your audience and like uh, and once you do have like a fan that's gonna come and watch your videos over and over. Like they're coming for you. They're not coming for like, just like the camera that you're like reviewing or anything like that, you know? And, uh, titles, do you guys come up with your titles like before you shoot or is it kind of, uh, as you're going, you come up with it just like, there's no really rhyme or reason for the title. It just kind of comes to you or what? Uh, yeah. Some, sometimes we'll go in with like, uh, like a bit that we're going to do. And uh, that's kind of like the idea of like what the the flow of the video is gonna be, and also um, what like the title is gonna be. But sometimes like we it's it's kind of reality TV in the sense that that uh, we don't we don't know how the video is gonna turn out either. Like when we go and film it, like we could plan for it, but it's still just still like the element of surprise of like how the person is gonna react. So uh, a lot of times we'll come up with the title as like we finish the edit. It all t- comes down to like what the video is actually about because 
you could clickbait, but also if you don't have what you're clickbaiting in the video, like people tend to get mad and like tune out of that. And you said that you have other titles, you have other thumbnails like ready to go at a moment's notice. Is that really a thing? Like you're, you actually make multiple titles and thumbnails before you even upload? Or is that kind of like, oh crap, it's not working. Let's figure something else out or... Uh, yeah, sometimes sometimes we'll make multiple thumbnails like before we upload, but uh, a lot of the times it's kind of like okay, like this title's not working, like let's try something else. Yeah, and w at what point do you realize it's not working? Like, is it twenty four hours later? Is it three hours in? Like, are you able to pretty much judge the performance pretty quick? Yeah, maybe in like the first the first hour, like oh, where, wow. where we kind of like have like milestones of like where views should kind of like be at so wow yeah um yeah like the the first hour or so so let's move on to the streamy uh that you won about the the documentary series um that you made yeah the the gist of it is jeff got into an accident and uh we made a, a documentary of his recovery and like his coming back to youtube because he took off for some time because he had to do surgeries and stuff like that and uh yeah we pretty much like put a story out of like what his accident was and um like how it happened and like what it took for him to pretty much like overcome like um that obstacle that that obstacle in his life and uh it resonated with a lot of people and we were able to get nominated for a streamy and we just found out that we won maybe like a month ago it's awesome man congratulations yeah thanks <laughs> I, I'm sure you didn't like set out to do it. You know, you weren't like, we're going to win a streamy, you know, or did you? No, we, we, no, we originally set to, um, make a documentary about skydiving because, uh, it was like the beginning of the pandemic or yeah, the beginning of the pandemic. And then, uh, like nobody was posting on YouTube really. Like everybody kind of like the world halted. And this is kind of when David was at his peak of, like um making videos and he stopped too so he stopped for like maybe like six months and then uh he wanted to do like this big comeback video like uh we were he was working with uh devin super trap on like making pretty much like recreating all of like devin's like most viral videos but with his friends jeff was getting like certified to like learn how to skydive and skydive on his own uh with todd and like natalie and uh i was just filming basically a behind the scenes video like i was filming a vlog and it ended up turning into him getting into an accident pretty much like just filming his recovery and then we turned that into like this documentary where at the end of it he was still gonna get his skydiving license and kind of make it like full circle like kind of inspiring so uh yeah that's pretty much like how we went about it's it it's crazy and it's it's common for a documentary to kind of unfold in that way um but all of these things combined gave you the you know accidentally of course but like gave you the best kind of storytelling palette to to work with where he's going out to be the skydiving guy and then this incident happens the lowest low of his life happens and then you know at the end he you know, I won't spoil it. He comes back from it, yeah. Comes back and like he it's dies. inspiring. No, he dies. <laughs> he dies at the end. Basically, yeah. 
And <laughs> at the very end, we have an amazing cover of a Creed song, um, which is freaking hilarious and came completely out of left field. Uh, when you're watching the film, like that moment, it's just such a twist that it was like, what the heck? That's amazing. Like, it's so Jeff, like the humor is, is incredible. Yeah, to end on a positive note. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned, too, that the guy from Creed, the lead singer of Creed, like, actually saw the the video and the parody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, because uh, we messaged him to see if we could get the song cleared, even though we were making a parody of it, like, we, uh, like, we still wanted the video to, like, pretty much, like, make money. And, uh, yeah, so we, we got it cleared through them. I mean, through him, like, he, he sent us, like, his label, and, like, they figured it out. Oh, but wow. I, I, don't, I don't think that he knew that it was going to be a parody, but <laughs> he ended up, watch, ended up watching the documentary, and I think he, like, messaged Jeff saying, like, oh, like, good job, like, inspiring or something like that. Everybody go watch the film. It's incredible. I, I say film because if you put all the pieces together, it really is a film, um, but it's six YouTube videos. You guys dropped them one week after another. It was just unreal hype, like... You guys were on trending, like this thing was blowing up. Yeah, I think I think uh we waited not not a full week, but I think we waited like two, three days uh okay. before posting each one because we were still editing it as we were posting it. It wasn't <laughs> in like typical 100% YouTuber done. fashion, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, so so like we had we had like a master timeline that uh we hired uh uh our friend Nev. She's she's a creative director that works with us and she hired uh this editor from canada his name's eugene and he pretty much like gave us like uh he organized like all the footage for us and gave us um like a two two and a half hour long uh timeline that i went on and cut it down to like the the most like interesting like moments from it and it turned out to be like an hour and a half uh in in total with like the six episodes but um yeah he he edited it he did like a really good job like uh on like piecing the story together we were were working on getting the episodes down to be like 10 15 minutes long and uh as we were posting them we got live like feedback from people of like how how it resonated with them so that helped us kind of edit like the rest of it to like um to fit like the story better to like how people were reacting to it if that makes sense yeah totally that's the beauty of youtube and did you do that on purpose like thinking like hey we should go ahead and just post this and live edit to see to gauge the response like was that a thought or is that kind of a happy accident no that's that that was a happy accident something that just happened as we were posting wow yeah um how, yeah, did, how so. did how did that dictate your editing decisions moving forward? Were there things that like, oh shoot, people responded to this, we weren't expecting that. Uh, yeah, like we there was just stuff that we cut out that was like maybe like too much, like stuff that was like maybe too gory or stuff like that. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, I mean, for people who aren't familiar with the injury, it was a very drastic eye injury that happened. You need to go watch the the film, but. Uh, it was gory for sure and bloody for some of the yeah also stuff. also uh, like YouTube necessarily didn't like the video because the accident happened making a YouTube video so we were also gauging 
gauging kind of like how like people responded to it and like whether YouTube was gonna like age restricted or not and pretty much almost every episode of it got age restricted so you could only watch it if you're 18 it just didn't like help get like I feel like the full reach that it could have had but I could see why they they age restricted it too and that's why we set up a Patreon and uh we put like the full like Tell me about um, the, the Patreon. Yeah, the yeah pa- I mean, that was a huge uh, shift for Jeff. He's never done a Patreon before. And he also started the podcast around this time as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, tell me about the Patreon. So uh, we were planning on starting the podcast like right after the documentary because my dad was still working on the on the barbershop set. As we were posting it on YouTube, we realized that YouTube was going to age restrict it all. So we were like not going to make any money on it and we spent like a lot of money we spent a lot of money uh making it like with flights and going back and forth to like surgeries and just filming everything we put it on patreon and then since it was getting so much traction on youtube and everybody wanted to see the actual like injury we um put that behind basically a paywall and like we became like the the biggest or second biggest Patreon creators and Patreon pretty much like reached uh Patreon pretty much like reached out to us and like they've been like really cool. Like we talked to pretty much like everybody there. That's incredible. And uh the CEO is amazing. I heard an interview with him with Colin and Samir and he seems like an awesome yeah. guy. He does he does documentaries too. He goes and pretty much follows creators around and similar to like what Colin and Samir do, but he'll go and follow them around like their day to day life to see like kind of how the magic happens that's cool um but yeah like we we started the patreon and then um like uh we offer like different things on patreon now too to keep uh our audience there happy so that's where we post like our live streams and like vlogs and all the stuff that we wouldn't necessarily put on like our main channel even though mm-hmm. some of the vlogs are like really good and we wish that we could put them on on the main channel but like <laughs> they're they're like paying so that's a good it's uh, a good ad for it the vlogs are really good people <laughs> go if you want to see the awesome vlogs you got to be a patreon member so yeah, so uh, so that's the incentive uh, then is you're doing what a monthly live stream and vlogs yeah so we do two two live streams like an extra podcast an extra podcast we, yeah, and then we do uh, vlogs, wow. too. And yeah, what about the the mainline videos, like the mainline barbershop videos? Those just get posted like normal to YouTube, basically. Uh, yeah. So Patreon gets early access to them, so they get to see it like a day before, and they get to see it without ads. And, oh, uh, oh yeah, of course, yeah, no ads. Yeah, like no no ad reads, so they get like the full experience. So my brain is hurting thinking about your workload each month you're talking about what like three normal podcasts plus one extra one on patreon what's four podcasts it's weekly okay so yeah so four podcasts normal and an extra one okay yeah so that's already a full month's worth of work in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) and then you're doing what like two barbershop shows which are highly edited extremely uh labor intensive in terms of like making it as funny and as like that's the viral content that you're making on youtube that's getting millions and millions of views so yeah what like one or two of those a month 
yeah two yeah two or three sometimes <laughs> okay, it, it depends yeah. on if we're able to get a guest a guest like locked in and then but yeah and then how many vlogs three uh like two or three yeah two or three and you're ba- i mean and then you, you, two lo- you now have an extra editor but you are really doing the the, the are you, is it fair to say that you're doing the majority of the editing uh i feel like it's about even between all of us now but oh, good. uh but yeah for the most part it's uh it's like a lot of work like uh we're editing basically every day you don't take weekends off uh, we started taking Sundays off, but this is a young man's job. So, this is a young single man with no kids life that you're living right now. Enjoy, yeah. enjoy it while you have it. Um, I can't imagine like my from from like four to eight every day, and then full weekends for me is like time with my my wife and my kids, and it's so sacred that like I will not allow anything to get in between that, and that has really help me with my overall fulfillment and happiness because I found when I'm way too work, like it just obviously my relationship with my kids and my wife, like it, that's way more important to me than work, but I'm in a, yeah. I'm 31 and I'm in a different stage. So it's mind blowing to me to think about that. I remember my early twenties, like just working nonstop. Like I commend you for it keep keep up the valiant work that's nuts what what's crazy to me is like jeff i think is making enough money to continue to hire maybe another guy or to help you but um it sounds like you guys are you on a healthy like editing schedule or do you feel like you're basically hitting the like at the last minute every week (laughs) uh for the podcast sometimes because we like our 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 set date to record that we're supposed to record is supposed to be like Monday or Tuesday, but we don't get to do it till like Thursday or Friday sometimes. And we have like a deadline for like ad reads yeah, on Sunday. So sometimes it is like down to like down to the bone. So yeah, you, you posted that but for today, th- right? Or yesterday. Yeah. Since, since we have to post like early access on Patreon, like that's like a day less that we have to post a video on on youtube so wow yeah it's uh sometimes a tactic but for the most part we we kind of got it down now like we're just like used to it and yeah i think like pretty early on into us making videos i kind of realized that to be able to make like content at this caliber you kind of have to give like a lot of stuff up sure so yeah like i i don't like make plans with people because i always end up having to bail (laughs) um but yeah like i'm doing what i love and i feel like really lucky to be in the position i'm in so of course i'm just working really hard now to build kind of like our own like little empire that could live on like after youtube you know well that's the thing is you you work you like you um there's this guy named dave ramsey he's like a financial guy and he always says live like no one else so that later you can live like no one else and he's referring to financially like save your money be on a budget be cheap essentially so that when you're older you have investments and money to live off of and you can live like no one else i think in this instance you're working your butts off and like creating an empire like you said so that later when that time comes maybe in 10 years when you can you know, five to 10 years, you can slowly kind of ease the gas a little bit 
the machine is running. Jeff also has this other business with um, his hair products, which just started as well, selling actual hair products and and things that we'll probably eventually we'll see in stores. Um, all that type of stuff. You're working to build, build, build. And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs have to do at the beginning is to like work your tail off so that later you can kind of, you know, ride the coattails of your of your hard labor that you put in at the beginning. And that's what you guys are doing now. But you've been doing it now yeah, for like also, three, four years. Yeah. Also hiring more people doesn't really help because we've like we've hired multiple editors to like come and help and they just don't get it. So it's 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 hard to kind of just like hand it off to like just like anybody. Like Kyle's kind of been with us for a little over a year now and he used to work for Jonah and okay. he would help around he was like one of the first people to help around like filming, giving an extra hand on set. Yeah. And uh now he's he's helping edit and like he gets it because he's been around long enough. Totally. And um yeah, so so just hiring more people mm-hmm. doesn't really like fix like the issue but it's like not really a big issue to like worry about yeah uh but yeah definitely like now we've we've kind of like talked about it and for like all of our like mental health like we decided that we should take a day off like every week or like every two weeks or something like that (laughs) and uh yeah totally yeah like and with the barbershop being on the road now like uh we go on trips now so we'll go to like vegas or we just did like a full road trip where we went to miami and then we went to new york we shot with dave portnoy and then the bing bong guys yeah so that that was like fun yeah like a fun work trip and we were able to like vlog Mm -hmm. um stuff that's like not just like us like hanging out or like editing and stuff like that so that's a good point that the the patreon and vlog content also gets a huge upgrade with the barbershop being on the road like that that inherent like honestly the barbershop show is so formulaic it has to be the way it is you can't necessarily add all this cool vlog content of the travel experience uh when it comes to the humor and stuff uh, with jeff and with yourself how did you guys get to that level where you you almost I would imagine you guys kind of speak your own language to each other while you're shooting. You can give him a look or he can give you a look or when it comes to the editing, he may say something or do something knowing that you're going to edit it a certain way. Like how does that happen and like the the type of humor is so specific. How do you edit in that way? Like how do you edit funny? I don't know. That's really a big question, but does it come from just years and years of consuming a lot of comedy? Yeah, like um we we really like stuff like Nathan for you. He's like a very like dry <laughs> yes. comedian on HBO. So, it's amazing. Or I think it's on Hulu as well, but check yeah, it out. Yeah, I think it's on I think it's on a Comedy Central show, but um mm-hmm. Yeah, like shows like that or like we'll watch like a lot of Adult Swim or like South Park, uh Family Guy like like all the stuff that we kind of grew up with is kind of like funny. So I guess like I like for me personally, I picked up from that, and uh, I'm able to kind of see how like they write their jokes and how they like execute them. And for for what we do, we're able to still do that, but also we have to like care about um, just like how much time we have in in the episode. And I think that Vine helped a lot with that. 
because Vine gave you a constraint of six seconds. So you had to like make a joke work in six seconds. And I think that that helped kind of like build, um, like build, uh, like I guess the experience of like being able to tell a joke faster and like having like the punchline like, like hit quicker without like dragging it on for too long. Yeah, of course. And that's one of the main takeaways from your content is there's not a single second wasted uh, with anything. Um, and based on our conversation about the podcast too, it seems like even with a one hour long podcast, you're not even wasting any time with that. And that's kind of, if anybody's going to take anything away from this conversation, I think if you're creating content for YouTube or forget just YouTube, like any type of internet content, you have to just cut out the fluff. It's not what, you know, it's not traditional uh, filmmaking. The The story structure is still there. You have the, the kind of skeleton of what works uh, in the way that storytelling works. But you guys really yeah. just pull the all the fluff out. Yeah. Straight to the point. <clears throat> Do you ever feel like it's too much and you end up putting things back in to let it breathe a little bit? Yeah, there's definitely times where it feels like there's too many jump cuts and like we'll pull stuff back or like we'll pull reactions of like people in back uh, just to, uh, yeah, just like to fix the timing of it a little. But it's like, it's frames. It's not like a second of like time that we like bring back in. So it'll be like, like five frames that like make the, like the joke hit better or something like that. Do you ever feel like, uh, you know are you able to see you know Jeff so well he's like a close friend at this point are you able to remove yourself from that and see what you're creating and be like really proud of what you're doing or like did the streamy kind of give you any validation that you were maybe needing from your peers uh no <laughs> uh I- <laughs> Uh, honestly Casey Casey texting me saying like uh, like good job on like the documentary and stuff like that was like really cool because Casey's somebody that like I care about his opinion yeah and um and like he's like inspired me to like want to be a filmmaker and uh it just like comes full circle you know but um for the for the most part yeah like awards don't really like mean much um I think uh, getting, like, our YouTube plaque was cool. Like, it was a cool milestone uh, just because, like, I grew up wanting to be a YouTuber and now I kind of get to be a YouTuber, but without, like, the anxiety of, like, being in the spotlight. Sometimes I'll go and watch, like, an old video. Like, if if I meet somebody new and I'm trying to show them, like, kind of, like, what I do for work and, like, I'll play, like, an old video, like, uh, it's, like, funny to me to, like, watch because... I remember being stressed while editing it and like trying to get it out on time. Uh-huh. But like I'm able to go back and watch a video and still find it funny. <laughs> and amazing. and like appreciate it now. So uh yeah. That's awesome. Plus now the vlogs like you're in the vlogs, you're really involved like Jeff I love it seems like he's a really kind of family guy like with the crew. Cause he's constantly referencing you guys and like you're in the shots sometimes like, um, and that's what makes it fun too, is like, there is that kind of banter and kind of back and forth with you guys behind the camera even. Um, yeah. And, and I think it just, it just helps kind of 
again ground the video in, in in reality that like it's actual people working on it and it's not just like a full crew and that i guess like love goes into the video mm-hmm. like it's like like every video is made with like love and care and like attention so uh i i feel like uh, by having us in there like the audience picks up on that and like they appreciate it more too like i get like messages from people all the time saying like oh like thank you for like making these videos and stuff like that and that's like really rewarding that's awesome but yeah not as rewarding as when casey texts you but yeah (laughs) yeah um i think one of the main questions that i had initially talking to you that i was just curious about is how scripted out are these episodes or does jeff kind of have a bullet point do you guys do this together do you like sit around a table on a monday morning and say all right guys we got Dave Portnoy on Friday. We got to figure out what we're going to do. I don't know why you guys have Southern accents all of a sudden, but. Um. Well, for, for Dave Portnoy, we, we drove to Miami. So we had like the whole <laughs> yeah, drive true. there. That's a to, long to kind of, drive. To kind of like, Is that two days? Three days? Uh, e, No, we got we got to Miami in two days. Wow. Yeah. Because we, we only stopped for like five hours to sleep. And then we... <laughs> kept driving amazing but um so you have all that time to talk about it (laughs) yeah yeah so we had all that time to talk about it but for the most part we'll either plan a little the night before like jeff has his like notes and he kind of tells us like the the main like things that he wants to like hit yeah sometimes he'll tell me something um like right before we're gonna film and i'm like not set up for it and i'm like (laughs) okay now i have to like think about like this extra thing that we're gonna like have to like film and I'm, like, setting up the microphones at the moment. So then I'm, like, okay, like, I got to get them laughed even faster now. So Jeez. That chaos yeah, is like, kind of like, part of it, too, which makes it fun. Like, the, you feel that energy in the, the way you shoot it, almost. The chaos. Yeah, yeah so, um, I don't know. You know the um, A Day in a Life, the song A Day in a Life by the Beatles? Yeah, I think so. I'm sure if I heard it, I'd recognize it. Like, it, it. has a... It has like it has like a part in the middle where it kind of like it's just like intr- instruments like playing louder and louder and more chaotic. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like that's kind of like how we shoot our videos. Like, <laughs> like it's like it's like a nice like song, and then it just gets like like really chaotic, and you don't know what's going on, and then it ends with like like a nice like note. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, and that's what that energy is. What drives the drives it all? But yeah. So so basically, you guys m- might kind of talk through it. Jeff kind of has bullet points, but the the thing's not scripted. He's not like memorizing things and and coming in with a teleprompter or anything, right? No, uh, he has like bullet points, and then it's kind of like uh, we, we don't know the person's reaction, so that's like the part that's unscripted. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, he'll have like his general questions, and then he'll have like a questions that are specific to like that guest that that we hit or like bits that are specific to that guest and yeah like the guest reaction is kind of the part that we don't know what's going to happen and the guest doesn't know what we're going to do to them so it's kind of like (laughs) like uh like uh when we do a bit like we kind of hope that this is a reaction that they give and if it's not like we'll plan for something else yeah and then we'll take the reaction from like the second thing and put it where like the first thing's supposed to be so <laughs> okay so that like our joke still lands or if but, it's uh, if it's a horribly yeah. offensive line 
you'll just shoot it later like jeff just kind of talking off camera right like if it's just ridiculous yeah yeah but uh sometimes we'll film it like uh straight into their face like with francis Ngannou. <laughs> yeah seriously it's dangerous yeah. danger danger yeah. danger for sure i would imagine that jeff does a lot of research on some of these guests or I don't know. I, I would. Some of his questions are pretty deep, and he he'll ask like really controversial questions too. Like he'll find maybe some article that was said about somebody and like bring it up, which is most people don't have the guts to uh, to ask those types of questions. But he'll he'll bring it up, and it's hilarious. Yeah, he'll he'll bring up more of like. Um... Like Lele Pons, for instance, she's like she was pretty hated on the internet for making the type of con- the type of content that she makes. Mm-hmm. But we'll pretty much just like make the joke that like the internet's already making like to their face, and and it, it gives them like the chance to show that they could take the joke, and then they kind of like like claim that joke. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like that, like uh, like it's not hate anymore. Like they're laughing with you now, so. Yeah, I feel like we, we give people, it. yeah. So we give people kind of like a a little redemption if they're like hated, like with Bryce Hall. Like we we did the joke where, like they cut our power because Bryce Hall was there and during a party <laughs> or something like that. Uh huh. Um, Is that something that he did? Like, they cut his power because he was partying too much. Yeah, yeah. The city cut his power because he was throwing a party right at the beginning of COVID. Okay. Oh. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so they shut his like power out at his like house. So like we just like made that same joke, but they cut our power out just because we hung out with him. <laughs> and then sometimes you guys will have like storyline threads that go through each episode, like a certain character that is you know going through something, or you know you had the uh, the the sponsor um, current. You know you guys like stole an atm machine with current all over it and you're dragging it around everywhere you go and stuff yeah i have no idea how they approved the video but (laughs) like the the original video i have no idea how they approved it because one we're like stealing this atm like straight out of a wall (laughs) and like somebody dies in the video and like like the the not in real life. Gunshot, every, like, like everybody, this is all no, no, staged. Yeah. It's comedy. It's not. Yeah, comedy. yeah, staged. So, so we we bought like the squib that shoots like like blood out and and like it, it looks like realistic and like we had like uh like a really real looking prop gun and we're like a brand's never gonna approve this and like I have no idea how they approved it but they loved it and then they're like oh, I can't wait for the next one but <laughs> but now now there. when I talk when I talk to people, like, they always bring up, like, they're like, how'd you do that video? Like, how how did the brand approve it? And I'm like, I don't know, but, like, obviously it worked because, like, they're bringing it up and they remember the brand, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Seriously. That's that's the ironic thing is often creators have great ideas like that and brands are like, no, that's too controversial. It's like, but this would make your company more money because people would, like, know your brand. Like, it, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's just the political correctness stuff, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, like we were sponsored by Old Spice, and they wanted like a like a script basically for every video that we were gonna do, but we're like we can't <laughs> do that because it's Isn't a talk it? show. Like we don't know we don't know what the guest is gonna say, you know? Yeah. But they were like really like nitpicky about every single joke and every single like 
uh, thing that we did. So they were like not necessarily a fun brand to work with. Yeah. But um, and then Jeff went yeah. ahead and made his own hair products. So yeah, so we can make all the jokes that we want without <laughs> yeah. having to cut them. And by the way, I uh, watched the basically the six minute ad for the product where he gives it out to his friends and stuff. And there's some great jokes in there. And then obviously the promotional video for the the product is hilarious. Everybody can go see it at jeffsbarbershop.com, I believe. Is that right? Or is uh, that yeah. Yeah, yeah so you Jeff's could, Barbershop. You can see or and takes you to there too. Yeah. But um yeah, that video we actually shot it in a day and edited it in a day. Wow. Because uh because the barbershop video that we had put out, like our guest was bald. So it didn't make sense for us to launch this this like <laughs> hair product line with like a guest that has like no hair. Yeah. So so like the timing of that was just kind of like off on our part so we're like we just gotta like shoot something right now and make something like good happen you know i think it turned out great like it's really um kind of most different from jeff's content i guess it's more vlog style but like obviously the the shoot at the beginning jeff looks like a freaking like like gucci model or something it's insane how good you guys made him look um and then he goes out in with all his friends like giving it giving the hair product to his friends and stuff. And it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Oliver tree is an episode that stands out in my mind. Um, obviously he actually injured Jeff, right? Yeah. He, he actually is very hands-on too. Like he wanted to see her cut and he, he has like his editor that, like, like I said, our, 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 our timelines are so complicated because we shoot with so many cameras and so many, like, things that it's, like, even hard to, like, hand off to somebody that's kind of experienced. Yeah. Um, unless, like, they're, they've, like, worked in that workflow. And we we ended up going to Oliver's house with, like, our edit, and then, like, his editor was there. And, um, yeah, like, like they, they just, like, love going through, like, the footage and finding, like, little <laughs> things. Like, he also remembered, like, jokes that he said. Wow. That uh, he, he wanted to, like, bring back in. They're uh-huh. actually, like, the ones who introduced, introduced me to Descript. Oh, wow. Um, but, but yeah, like, like they have, like, a, like, a really good, like, team, too, of people. And it's just, like, one other person for Oliver Tree, too, that, that like, does all his stuff. And uh, it's, it was kind of, like, the same setup, like, uh, as, like, Jeff and I. So they're, they're, like, really cool people to work with. Yeah, Oliver's kind of sense of humor is is in line with Jeff, so it doesn't surprise me that uh, you guys hit it off. And his stuff is very cinematic. Like he's always been like pushing the bar on uh, on the production quality on his music videos and stuff. Um, and the whole character, like the whole character, the whole thing of Oliver Tree is amazing. Like the whole art of it and the fact that he stays in that character all the time. It's just I, I'm yeah, like, really impressed. Like the, yeah, when we filmed that, he was in character the whole time. <laughs> like the whole time. He broke he broke everything in Jeff's apartment <laughs> and he left. And we're like this guy's a psychopath. <laughs> but uh yeah, he didn't he didn't break character once. Like uh, it was it was pretty pretty crazy. Like I've never met somebody like I, like Jeff will break character like when he like he knows that like the guest is like feeling too uncomfortable yeah like he'll break character and like tell them like on the side like hey like like 
trust me, like, it's going to look really good. But, yeah, Oliver didn't. Like, the only time I saw him break character was when we went to his house and, like, I met him as, like, him, not, like, in his costume, you know? <laughs> a very rare instance, too, um, you know, for for the fact that you were able to meet him as, as himself is rare. So, good for you. But he did he yeah. he actually did smack Jeff with the the little go kart thing, and Jeff was still going through the healing yeah. process. Did that actually mess with his his head or like his eye? Uh, I don't I don't think he hit him in the head. I think he ran his foot over, <laughs> um, and it actually but, hurt. But right? yeah, like we filmed, yeah, because we filmed with because uh, Jeff I think broke his toe uh, when he got into his accident. Too. Okay. Uh, I so I think okay, he ran yeah. over like that foot. Oh, oh god. Yeah. So there, there, yeah. There's a lot of injuries that happened that we didn't put in the documentary, but uh. So the the yeah. reaction on his face when he's like, no, 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 no. Like he's Jeff is not. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not in yeah, character Jeff in that moment. Like, he's actually telling Oliver mm. Tree, "Stop now! You don't realize my foot's broken." <laughs> like. Yeah, and I I don't think that Oliver realized it either. Like I don't think that Oliver realized that uh. Jeff was actually injured because we were still kind of playing it up as as yeah. like oh like like uh, we're doing insurance fraud and like this and this and that just like making like a fake narrative yeah and um yeah because we filmed with Oliver maybe three weeks after crazy after the accident and um yeah like it was um <laughs> like he 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 just didn't know like he thought that because Oliver came in like with like a neck brace too I think <laughs> yeah exactly. So, so, so he, he, uh, thought, he thought Jeff was acting with the injuries in yeah, the first yeah, he, place. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, like it, it's just like a funny, funny accident. Were there any other um, guests that really stand out to you as like these guests I will remember for the rest of my life? This moment was like absurd and ridiculous or like amazing. I guess like Alex Ernst, his episode that we did with him was really fun to me just because it was like way different from any other barbershop episode that we've mm-hmm. done. Uh, we also almost got arrested filming that episode. Oh my goodness. And it was like a three, four day shoot and we ended up getting COVID in between it and oh, we had to like wait till we were like uh, like clear. Yeah, just like a lot of stuff happened for that video to like come out and it almost didn't come out. And it was our, our Christmas video last year. It came out, out on Christmas because... <laughs> Good Lord. Of like all the stuff that like happened to you that that just like went wrong, but it's one of my favorite videos that we've done. Like we drove for like s- three hours just to like find snow, uh, <laughs> and it turns out that there was no snow the first time that we went, and we had to wait like a week. Oh my gosh! Um, I never saw that one. I'm gonna. I'm when we're done with this conversation, I will absolutely watch that video right away because I have not seen that one. It was our Christmas video for last year, and uh, if you watch the video right after, you see like everything that we went through to like make that video because we put <laughs> uh behind the scenes like video there dude i you know what <laughs> i i feel like i could talk to you for hours and hours i don't want to i don't want to take too much of your time I've, this is already the second time we've done this so thank you so much for coming on the show oscar i feel like we're friends now this has been like super fun for me to learn about you and to learn yeah, about, i feel like this this yeah. this podcast is better than the first one that we filmed for sure dude way better and nobody will ever know for sure yeah um the lighting is better the our cameras look better the audio quality is better and the conversation was top tier so thank you oscar for coming on the show um everybody you can find oscar 
at Oscar Alva on social media. Is that right? On Instagram, yeah. On Instagram. Are you interested in doing your own channel or like sharing a lot of this knowledge with other creators? Because, um, you know, this is really the first oh. time that you've kind of talked, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is like my first, this is the longest that I've talked on camera for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, eventually I feel like, uh, once things like settle down with what we're working on here, like, uh, I'll eventually make my own channel and hopefully inspire like kids to make YouTube videos. Like I was inspired. So till then I'm just going to keep on working on all the stuff that that's keeping me busy now that's awesome well you're certainly an inspiration to me and i know a lot of our listeners are inspired as well your work ethic is next level the quality of the stuff that you're doing is nuts and um i commend you for it we see i say we as the collective uh, filmmaking audience we see the work and the effort that's going into this stuff like the amount of camera angles that you're working with the quality of the footage and the lighting and the audio a lot of people don't realize it but sound is like so important when it comes to comedy and also just making things like actually work on video thank you again oscar for coming on we're so inspired by you and we hope to hear more from you in the future um and yeah thanks for being on the golden hour podcast sweet thanks for having me of course shoot i should ask you what frame rate were you shooting at on your camera Right now, 24. Oh, thank God. Me too. Okay.